Hey loves, this is Kate, the creative director of Loam, and I hope you are taking extra good care of your heart. These are tough days and I am so grateful to have this community to continue to return home to. This episode is the first of many devoted to connecting with the incredible artists and activists who have made our upcoming print publication, Weaving New Worlds, possible. Weaving New Worlds, now available for pre-order, is an invitation into imagination. What kind of worlds do we want to live into? And what actions can we take today to cultivate a vibrant future? In Six Plates in honor of the Oasis, writer Zuri Camille de Sousa offers a study in the senses. Her evocative essay is a reminder that sensuality is foundational to imagination. Zuri studied graphic design in ecology. With a sharp interest in politics and botany, her work focuses on the way human beings, individually and collectively, interact with their environment. She searches for the perceptual, sensual, and emotional foundations that shape these interactions and representations, and looks for design processes that restore and challenge our relationship to the natural world. After participating in the 2017 El Atlal Residency in Jericho, she co-founded A1 Publishers, a floating publishing house, as well as worked in Lesbos with the displaced communities on a collaborative landscaping project and independent publishing workshop. She is currently in Marseille working as a chef. Zuri, it is so sweet to connect with you. Thank you for having me here. So before we begin, I was wondering if you could share an excerpt from your beautiful essay. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, should, I'm just going to start uh, reading it from now. Yeah, yeah you can so, do that. <laughs> the title is Six Plates in Honor of the Oasis. There are flowers everywhere in Jericho. The desert sun, known to patch breaths and burn skin, illuminates the streets, blossoming with an exuberant mix of frangipani and bougainvillea, lantana, jasmine and roses. Even the aloe vera is in flower, its peach-hued tube-like flowers arranged in a perfect bouquet, clustered upon a fine flower stem. The croton by the veranda, a dramatic billowing accent of red, green and maroon, clusters its tiny star-shaped creamy pink flowers on finer steel stalks. Tender and graceful, they curve down as if in a moment of letting go and breathing out, swaying with the movement of large heart-shaped leaves that cushion them. I walk by the fields in the evenings, just before dusk. The colors filling the sky and on the ground mix into a fantasy of sandstone pink and azure blue. Puddles collecting in the shade of freshly watered plants reflect the glowing light. I listen to the bees filling in the crevices of leaves with a low, persistent, full-bellied hum. I am touched by the softness and delicacy of this oasis. Each blossom that blooms here, each petal that pleases with its perfumes, are precious offerings from a land that welcomes us. No matter how many times we arrive with nothing except wrappers, receipts and old metro tickets crumpled in our pockets, the remains of a long and tiring journey, the earth here honors us. Thank you. Thank you so much for that reading, Zuri. I know that when Kyle and I were paging through your essay, it was paragraphs like this that just totally stole our heart because it really brought us into a time and a place um, 
and, and really just engaged attention and the senses, which I think is one of the gifts that your essay offers. Um, because in many, way, in many ways, uh, your work for Weaving New Worlds is really an invitation into the senses, into touch, into taste. And I would love to learn more from you about why the relationship between sensuality and ecology is so important to the work that you do. Um, for me, the I think it was actually when I was in Dubai, believe it or not, um, working as a graphic designer, when I started thinking uh, about what nature means to me in a place that's so not lacking in nature, but when nature and green spaces and ecology is is uh, controlled and transformed and and really fixed. Um, not fixed, but set into a box, into a framework that's very calculated, very human, very manipulated. And I think I, I, I felt this need to, to discover something more sensorial, more tactile, more uh, lively and living. And um, yeah, and I realized that, that, that for me, ecology is, is really a... Uh, based on in that that it, it talks a lot to how we feel in spaces through and how we feel about the natural world but not just visually or not just the idea that you know it's something we should preserve or it's something that's precious to us but how these values that we give to it are embodied through the way it feels through the way it sounds through the the wind through the the i don't know the softness of petals and yeah, and, and that's why I feel it's important because it, I think when I focus on these senses, it deepens my relationship to to the natural world, to ecology, and um, and gives me, kind of feeds my uh, writing about it as well. I love this idea of the senses as portals and as a way for, for understanding and grounding our relationship to environment. Can you share a little more... Um, about how, like, sensuality um, shaped your creative process. You know, one of the things that I always really love learning from the artists and activists who are part of the Loam constellation of creatives is just what the process of making art looks like for them. So I'd love if you could take us into the act of writing this piece. Yeah, sure. So... So this is the second time I've actually been in, invited by Elat Lal, uh, which is a French Palestinian organization, for of uh, like an artist collective. Um, so I've been invited for this residency twice, and the first time I went to Jericho, I was really focused on um, on agricultural policy and more on in administration and political systems and kind of a more linear approach. And still working with land land use access and geopolitics and rights to to the landscape and it was very fascinating, but I realized that um it lacked certain voices, and that okay, this opportunity to go back a second time is 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 a, is a well it's an opportunity to to find those voices that i that that I felt were lacking in the first um, project and go deeper into it. And what I felt is that I didn't have enough, um, I didn't have enough 
voices of women because I was working more in a formal administrative space. And so I began just by um, by walking around Jericho, by meeting people that I'd met before, but also trying to go into people's kitchens, trying to talk um, to, to women who are gardening and really start from there to get little stories and little relationships about um, Jericho and about this place that is home to them. And um, yeah, from there, I also started to ask them for recipes that they had. And I focused a lot on food and um, and home cooking and herbalism and this idea of nourishing and healing, but in a very simple, but for sure profound and knowledgeable way. From there, it was a lot of writing down recipes and cooking with people. I think that's one of the things that makes your essay so beautiful is there is that real connection to cooking and to craft and you do feel like it's emerged from these welcoming kitchen spaces mm-hmm. yeah so in addition to writing you do a lot of incredible creative work what other projects are you tending to right now um, that are bringing you joy and connection and communion especially uh, during these pretty fraught times mm-hmm. yeah but for me I think this time uh, for all it's confusion is it really made me think about so I work as a chef professionally in Marseille but this time uh, the corona pandemic made me think what does it mean to nourish what does it mean to heal what do I really mean when I say I'm, I'm interested in the link between herbalism and food and I really go back to this time in Jericho talking to so many women who in Every action of um, feeding for them, it's also it's just people who've understood the act of nourishing and what it actually means to cook for others and um, and and for yourself and to take care. And um, yeah, I've been trying to just really build on this uh, during this time right now in Marseille and try to understand further. Um, the possibilities to to explore herbalism here have been foraging a lot because it's spring and uh, in Provence in this time of the year there's many 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 um, magical plants that I find I, I, I'm quite lucky to be able to go outside and um, so I've been doing this I've been cooking a lot I've been writing a lot of recipes and I think it's the first time I've actually been um, developing recipes, quote unquote, like to to be able to replicate it, to make it better, to see how I could improve it, and to think of the recipes themselves as, yeah, as a language, as as a, not a form of writing, but a form of communicating that um, that includes for sure ingredients, but also has its very particular grammar and technique and uh, voice. Are there any herbs in particular that have emerged for allies for you or sources of inspiration right now? Mm, I think I got a bit obsessed with Alexander's. I think it's, I don't know if it's called Alexander's in English. I think so. It's also called Black Lovage. And um, it's part of the celery family, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's so fascinating because it's this, it's, it was, um, I was just walking with my dog in the in a meadow 
on the hill side over here and I found myself just immersed in this smell of honey and um, and just tiny little bees but like really really tiny little bees uh, buzzing around me and I noticed that there was just this plant that I've never seen before and it was very exciting because so I went up I looked at the flowers I smelled them they smelled magnificent um the leaves tasted a bit spicy and I have this you know I'm a bit of a plant nerd so of course I have this app and I looked at what plant it was and and I was researching how you can eat the roots the seeds are very um you can use them kind of like fennel, but they have a very particular spicy taste that I love. And the flowers are delicious. They kind of taste a bit like broccoli. And uh, the leaves are, you can, well, you can eat them as a salad or you can pickle them. And uh, this was, this was my, uh, oh, and uh, wild asparagus, which I've never eaten before, but always heard these mythical stories about springtime in south of France, where you find uh, asparagus like growing everywhere and I finally found it and I was so excited so I think those are my two uh, spring quarantine plant friends <laughs> <laughs> I love that and I love well first of all I'm also just in love with herbalism and feel you so much and the joy of encountering a plant like that you know like seeing wild asparagus being able to integrate wild foods into your life it's just especially now such a beautiful way of of connecting to the earth so before we close i i want to hear from you about what you are imagining the world might look like on the other side of this because weaving new worlds this publication is very much about how do we dream into tangible being the better world that we need that we know is possible um and i think especially now, right, we're in this moment of incredible transformation, of incredible pain, of incredible possibility. And I find that for a lot of us in the Loam community, we're doing some deep contemplation about, okay, what do we want? What people, what places, what projects do we want to thrive, to exist on the other side of this? And so, yeah, I would love to hear from you. What are, what are you imagining for the world? What are you wanting to, to be growing? Well, I think for me, what well, I love a lot. I, I love us to to keep this sentiment of um, of care and joy that everyone's been so excited about. You know, oh, the earth's healing itself, and things are. You know, there's dolphins back in Venice. The you know in in the south of France, they fight, like we out in the Bay of Marseille, there was two uh, whales, and I I would love for people to nourish that newfound or long-lost relationship that they've had hidden deep inside them with care and sensitivity for nature um but i and i also wish that we could use this moment these traumas the sadness like you say the pain the shock to to um to build to become stronger to develop our consciousness and to find new ways to forge, yeah, like new worlds that are more accessible, more conscious, more positive, more sensitive. And on a personal level, I think I'd really like to look at my role, like I said earlier, as a cook and as a chef, as a herbalist, and really see how healing, nourishing food can become 
accessible what are ways that we can all um, heal ourselves through the food we eat and yeah because it's something i noticed over here is that you know when things are shut down um i i'm very lucky to to not worry about my access to food but so many people it's been just a moment of shock and stress um about something that should not be a shock and stress and that is to be able to eat to eat healthy to eat well to nourish so i think i'd i'd love to dedicate my time to this um through a project i'm thinking about it right now i've been working on it during during the quarantine about a uh, access a little project related to access to to healthy food plant based food yeah that's where i think i think we just have to remember to hold on to this newfound sensitivity to nature at the end that's my new world wish <laughs> i love that so much and i do think you know what you're sharing is just a reminder that this moment is this beautiful invitation to learn how to heal ourselves and to practice practice leaning into our own our own body's wisdom yeah so thank you so much for sharing that and and thank you so much for making the time to talk today as well as to write <laughs> um such a beautiful and evocative piece for weaving new worlds i know i shared this at the beginning um, but I'm just so excited for our listeners to read um, Six Plates in Honor of the Oasis because, you know, Kyle and I really just had this experience paging through your essay where it grew our own capacity to pay attention. Like we felt so much more aware of the texture and the taste of our food and and so much more delighted by the herbs in our garden and and yeah, I just, I'm so grateful to you for creating, you know, that portal as it were in, into that kind of creative living. Thank you. That's so kind of you too. I'm really glad. It touches me a lot that, that you too enjoyed uh, reading it. It was a pleasure to write it. And I'm also really looking forward to seeing the No Magazine in print because the last edition was so stunning and I probably have told you this before, but often writing uh, online from a magazine that you've never seen in print, um, for me it's always a bit like, oh, I wonder how it will be. And when I got long last time, I was so delighted, so happy, it's so beautiful. And um, yeah, it makes me really wait for the next one. I'm happy to have something to look forward to. Oh. <laughs> Yay! That's good to hear because that's our yeah. hope too. We hope it'll just be a little dose of beauty for everyone. And... I think it will. <laughs> very much needed one. And something and tangible too, which yeah. feels so important after a yes. lot of screen time. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you again, Zuri, so much. And thank I also you. want to thank Isaac Silk, her podcast editor. Um, and Isaac and Faith Harding for our beautiful intro music um, and you all for listening and for being such a vibrant and vital part of this community. Thank you.